0: I welcome you with open arms Is that so? How late do you stay open? You don't understand, I could have had class I could have been a contender
1: I could have been somebody You want answers? I think I'm entitled You
0: want answers I want
1: the truth! You can't handle the truth I hope they are watching They'll see They'll see and they'll know And they'll say She wouldn't even have a fly
2: What's up everybody? You're listening to Noco Cinema here on WGM Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. I am Tom Hush and I'm Connor Cornelius. And it's 2019. Hooray! We did it. We, we didn't
1: do anything about uh we didn't say what the what our last episode was no. last year.
2: We were very quiet just sort yeah, of Yeah, we were a little quiet this holiday. It's been a crazy holiday season I think yeah. for both of us and um, obviously I don't know. I kind of wanted to avoid a little bit of the year-end kind of boilerplate stuff because yeah. everybody does it and um, you know there's a lot smarter critics and thinkers than us telling you what to watch but we'll, we will do a little bit of 2018 stuff yeah. in a little bit we're yeah. gonna be also looking forward to talking a little bit about our film resolutions resolutions, yeah what we want to do in 2019 as as film goers and film thinkers all that kind of stuff but first we got to give you a preview of something that's coming up in the next couple of weeks here uh if you are a chicago film fan then you know you know about the midwest independent film festival and you know you definitely know about you know the executive director of that film festival it's amy guth back again here on noco cinema amy
0: hello thanks so much for coming back. Always a joy to be here with you, gentlemen. Thank oh,
2: you, Amy. We're we're that's, so lucky that you are willing to give yeah. us your time. <laughs> Amy, the truth, goose.
0: That's Amy right. Is back. I always say that when people go, "Is it Guth?" and I go, "It's gooth, It rhymes go- with truth." You're yeah, yes. like, "Ooh, that's good." And then they usually will go, "Oh, it also rhymes with tooth." That's funny. No, just stop there. It yeah. was cool and sexy until mm-hmm. you went. Th- yeah.
2: And then and then so you made it you about black, dental. <laughs> that's when you block them on uh, on Twitter. Pretty much. Just block them off. Uh, so the Midwest Independent Film Festival. You were you were here not that long ago. Talking about the Best of the Midwest Awards, like... The nomination party. The nomination party. Uh, (laughs) Showing off to everybody what was getting nominated for the Best of the Midwest Awards Gala, which is coming up on Thursday, January 17th. It's going to be from 7 to 11 over at the Promontory Chicago. Address for that is 5311 South Lake Park Avenue West. And
0: uh, I love the Promontory. I'm so excited that it's there. I'm I'm driving everyone crazy on social media because it's a beautiful venue. I mean, I've been there several times on my own. So I was so excited that Mm -hmm. they were willing to partner with us. Um, And their upstairs music venue is so beautiful. Little known fact about the Promontory, though. They have like weekend brunch, like lots of people, but they also have Friday daytime brunch.
2: Friday really? daytime brunch. So
0: for those of us who maybe don't work normal hours, you right, can right. roll in there on a Friday afternoon and get a very delicious brunch. There's a DJ happening. You have your little mimosa. It's a really good time, and it's a beautiful space. Upstairs is the music venue, and it's very beautiful, and there's a bar up there, and it's cool, and... um we're taking it over on the seventeenth it's I'm so excited for this, so we did the the best of the midwest best of the Midwest awards a little bit differently this year in years past, it's all happened one night. We split it up because I really wanted to celebrate every piece of that individually. so as you said, Tom, we had the nomination party back in December we had that on December fourth and we made um we made a cool um, video to play announcing the nominees live in the theater, so people were excited um we had the people you don't normally hear from at the film festival. You know, a lot of times at an awards ceremony, you have you know, a documentary maker is going to present the award for the best documentary film. So that thought, I said, for this nomination party, let's hear from volunteers. Yes. So we had like the people who are taking your tickets and people who are uh, showing you to your seat and like all the people that are doing all this stuff, let's, and a couple of sponsors, even like I said, get your phone, make a video and announce the nominees and then be sworn to secrecy. And people got so creative with it. It was really fun. I have some outtakes of my own on Instagram because there was a light in my apartment that was flickering and it was ridiculous. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) I had to keep redoing it and I was getting frustrated. But um the founder, Mike Quilford, he co founded the festival and he's the board president. He did one like with his gear because he's a cinematographer. Um, you know, we had like all these people doing them. Um one of the sponsors, um, Colette Gabriel from Keslo Camera, um, she Passed her phone around at a party and had all these women that work in really badass roles in the Chicago film community each say a different name and so like all these heavy hitters were in her video and at the end they were like congratulations it was so fun and it was just I loved the energy that that brought and then everybody's in the theater going like did I win did you know am I nominated am I nominated and then people would you know applaud as it went so it was really fun so we're we have we've got winners now it's so excited
1: it's just been boiled down now the real shows. Is yet to begin.
0: It's been boiled down, and then we open online voting. I actually, while that video was, uh, while the, the video played, and then I, I screened the five nominated short films. While they were screening, I went upstairs, and whipped open my laptop, got on the Wi-Fi at the landmark, turned the voting live, so people could. I mean, I had like, told them that, like, if you have a SurveyMonkey app, you can vote right now. Just
2: yeah, the minute the minute this showcase is done, you can go vote.
0: That's right. And people did. So people started voting. We had a ton of people voting. And it was interesting because I could see, uh, you know, filmmakers do a big push on social media and I could see that reflected in the vote. So it was really cool to see people hustling and talking about why people should vote for them. Um, and we had a lot of cool stuff. I mean, we added a documentary short category this year. So we have 11 categories. Um, and it was very cool. And like the music video categories were all out there and people were, um, I think that brought a lot of people to, the voting that maybe were connected musically but not cinematically Mm -hmm. so that was just very cool and super fun and of course the artists themselves who were in them including taylor bennett who's chance the rapper's little brother like his video rock and roll is one of them um so it was really fun um so they were out kind of hustling for their hey this guy shot my video it's great go go vote for them so it was really fun so it all happens the 17th which is a thursday we're normally doing things on tuesdays but this is a thursday And uh, it's going to be a lot more elevated from Mm -hmm. in past years. It's going to be real fancy.
2: Yeah. Get dressed up, get your best blazer on. Yeah. Throw in a nice, maybe a nice gown. I
0: just want to wear something sparkly and (laughs) fancy. That's my deal. Well, I mean,
2: that's, that's some of the fun of uh, doing things like this is that like, yeah, it's a night where you can just celebrate, you know, if you're, if you're one of the artists nominated, you can celebrate yourself, celebrate your collaborators, your friends, other people in the scene. Absolutely. And uh, this is something that, connor and i have talked about in the in the very recent past about like how award what award shows mean right because we're get you know the golden globes will when when you guys are hearing this it'll have been yesterday oh yeah um right. so we'll yeah. be watching the golden globes tomorrow you know this is tomorrow for us uh oscars are coming up all these big award shows that people are watching and sometimes the conversation centers around like why does this matter why are we watching people like Compete, we see it as a competition right. to win an award, but I think award shows can really be an opportunity to um, highlight and bring things to the forefront, especially right. on a scale like the Midwest Independent yeah. Film Festival. Because I don't know, I guess I just wanted to ask, in your opinion, why is it important to have awards for these people?
0: Yeah, I, I think you're exactly on, uh, you know on target there, and, and that is. Th- the film festival is kind of a, an equalizer in a way, and it's a community organizing tool, really. And so you, 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 if your film has a giant budget or if it has a small budget, I don't know that when I screen it. You know, when I'm watching it for the initial screening, I just know, like, is it a great film? Great. And then mm-hmm. later I might find out, wow, this person made this for a song. You know, one of the films that's nominated for best feature is, uh, Two in the Bush, which we showed this fall. Mm-hmm. She made that on, uh, and she's talked about that quite a bit. She made it on a shoestring budget and really scrapped along and like really pushed that film and made it happen. It's in Chicago. It's recognizably in Chicago with a Chicago cast and crew. Um, you know, things like that, that, you know, it matters because, having laurels having awards things like that like it elevates your game and it validates what you're doing in a way and some people are like I just want to make films I really don't care and that's fine that's valid too just make a film for the sake of making a film don't make a film because you want to win stuff but it does help position you to get funding for your next one and if you you know if you do a short film or a music video or something like that and you win a bunch of awards it's much easier to go in and say okay I learned a lot because you know you did Mm -hmm. but it's much easier to go and say okay you know I did this for this budget, and now I know what I what I can do on that budget. So, with you know twenty thousand more, I could do so much more. Here is what I want for a feature. People, it legitimizes your work in a way and gives you kind of a, a step up on the ladder, so that you can get more support and more resources for your next project.
2: Exactly, that business side of it, I think, is really important because even though cinema is a you know, it is a very artistic medium. We as appreciators and uh, curators of cinema really like to focus in on that aspect of it. But unfortunately, you know, both fortunately and unfortunately, it is also a business. Right. It's art and commerce kind of meeting in a really interesting place. And as you said, if, if you have an award attached to something... If some, you know, who knows who could see it then, and you got, you know, plenty of people out there wanting to be producers, yeah, I want to produce some some films, I want to do some indie stuff, uh, that can be your ticket to be like, well, it did win an award in the Midwest, Absolutely. so it must it, be worth watching. And,
0: you know, I can't tell you how many times people will tell me about a film, and within the first two sentences say, oh, it's cleaning up, at, it's cleaning up awards, oh, it's really doing That's well like at festivals. like a huge...
2: Meaning. There's like a and, lot of push
0: absolutely. And, and because what they're really saying is other people validate my opinion. Right. Right. So yeah. if someone's recommending a film to you and it's got a bunch of laurels on it, you don't have to. You're not just listening to your one friend. You're listening to, well, someone who does my job at these 16 festivals also think it's pretty good. Hmm, maybe I will take a There's it something
1: away. to that. Yeah. I did like what you said earlier. I mean, obviously, this is really important for just the individual artists and in getting their exposure and everything. But it's also great as a community organizing tool. Yeah. You're going to be able to go out and you're going to be able to rub shoulders with these people that otherwise you would not have met. And I mean there's no better reason To go out I mean what other What else are you doing on a Thursday right You're partaking in the timeless Tradition of thirsty Thursday and blacking out (laughs) Before work on Friday or are you Going to go out and like see some wonderful Independent cinema and get to actually go out And like meet some people who can either elevate your craft or maybe could end up being a collaborator that you work with.
0: The the, the collaboration piece is is one of my favorites. And there's a a blog post that I just wrote yesterday up on on, uh, MidwestFilm.com about a program that we're launching called the Pay It Forward Project. And that is essentially uh, almost every time we do an event, whether it's the regular first Tuesday screening or Mm -hmm. this for the BMAs, someone will make a comment to me like, I wish I could go, but like, I got to buy groceries, I can't. And you know, sometimes people tell me like really tough things like, honestly, I blew out my credit cards to get this film done. And I'm in a world of hurt, I got to move home or what you know people like tell me some rough stuff and some people have families to support and there's a lot of stuff it's not just like young people with that only need to care for themselves mm-hmm. like there's plenty of filmmakers that have spouses and families and and sometimes i really hear some some rough stories and i wish that i could just comp everybody but the reality is like we're an arts nonprofit, and we have to keep the lights on literally and figuratively right. so um i had i had this idea to come up with the pay it forward project and that is um So starting right now at the BMAs and then all year and beyond, there will always be an option to sponsor a ticket for somebody, and um, it's all confidential, so it won't be like, hey... You know, Joe Smith is Joe Smith is responsible for you being able to attend because I yes. don't want it to be awkward. I don't want anyone to feel beholden to someone else. Yeah, it's not about that. Yeah, it's not about that, and I don't want anyone to feel ashamed about saying like, "Man, I am so broke; it's not funny." Because we joke about starving artists, but sometimes like it's real. Sometimes people Absolutely. are like, "Honestly, I don't have health insurance because I maxed out my credit cards to make this film. I screwed up. I don't know what to do. I'm really dire." So I want to be able. To, I don't want anyone to not have access to the networking opportunities, and I don't think that's a thing! I don't think no. it is. It is um, extra and fun and fancy necessarily to have access to networking things. I think it's really important.
2: It's it's the game. It's the business. This is how it works.
0: Absolutely. And and if you went so far as to max your credit cards to get your film done, you better be out there hustling it. And if you can't right. afford admission to mm-hmm. go sell your film, you got a problem. So yeah. this would help offset costs for people. So there's a there's an option if you um, whether or not you can attend the BMA Awards Gala. There's an option to to buy a Pay It Forward. And so you buy, essentially buy a, uh, it's a, this, the price of a regular ticket, $60, and um, that will sp- sponsor somebody. So it'll kind of sit in a fund so that as we hear from people that are like, honestly, I can't, I dude, I got to pay for my kids, you know? Right, yeah. I, I got I to, my lights are going to get shut off. When, when we hear people in like dire situations like that, we can help them. And, um, you know, it's going to be. We'll learn as we go of, of how sure, to do sure. that. And but I, it's a, it's a high priority to me to keep it confidential on both sides. So that if you want to go and say I'm on a sponsored ticket tonight, that's your business. But I'm not going to out you. No, because I don't want it to be about shame or you owe us. I want it to be like I want you here. I want people. I want us all here in the room together having this conversation. I think there's value in your presence being in the room. So that's why I launched that um, because I really do think there's so much um, that that art. Organizations, especially with events attached to them, can do to get people uh, to get people involved and get people helping each other and collaborating. and That's my favorite thing. At, at the end of a night, when two people are talking, that oh man, I saw your film. Oh, I didn't realize that was you. That's cool. I'm so glad I finally met you. Um, yeah, you know, I loved how you did this. How how did that go? Oh, well, this is who I talked to about it, and this is what I learned. Oh, that's interesting. That's what I'm trying to do. And suddenly you have this. Hey, we should just work on it. Yeah, and, you know, suddenly you, you got the next thing. stage. No. Totally.
1: Well it's
2: wonderful that you're supporting people on both sides of the ballot box. It's, it's really, really it's really great and honestly, you know, as you mentioned, uh regular price tickets are on sale now for $60. 75 at the door. 75 at the door. And you know, if for if, if you're a great appreciator of of film and especially independent film, it really I don't think it would hurt too much to trying, you know, rustle up a little bit something extra to make sure that maybe a filmmaker who is might might be nominated, might be in this gala, uh, you know, might be having a film shown, uh, might be winning an award. You know, it it really doesn't hurt too much to throw in a little bit of extra scratch and help someone get there.
0: I would say this, this, that actually, that situation has come up. Every, yeah. every nomination gets one comp ticket because this is also a significant funding source for us, this party. Absolutely. Um, one filmmaker said to me, Um, thanks for the comp. Is there any way I can get another? I just cannot afford to bring my spouse. And, you know, and that broke my heart to be like, so.
2: Let's, let's do something for one another. Let's let's, just do a little something for one another. And again, $60 is really not asking too much. Uh, And even that, if you're, if you're just going yourself, (laughs) if you're just coming $60, you're getting a lot of stuff here. There's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. There's You're gonna, gonna be get some to drinking. There's yeah. gonna be
0: some food. We have um, DJ Cashera is Ooh. gonna be there, who is awesome. Oh, my favorite! So awesome, <laughs> and that's gonna be a really fun time. Then we have the we have all these cool videos. Um, they are a collaboration between P3 MediaWorks, which is a post uh, and production house. Production and Posthouse here in Chicago, um, and Potenza Productions, which is another production company here in Chicago, they are um, generously donat- donating their time to make these really cool videos. Lovely. Just like when you, you know, at the Oscars, it shows like the clips and the stills sure, and all yeah, that. Yeah. So we have these, so everybody can kind of see, and, and in case you maybe saw every single film we show this year, you'll see those stills and be like, oh, that film, I remember that. Oh, yeah, that's right. See all those. And then, of course, we have the top secret winner videos.
2: Ooh, very hello. exciting! Big drum roll! Big no, drum roll it's for be those! Exciting.
0: And then I and and then the awards are going to be sitting on my kitchen table, and I'm going to schlep them down. I'm <laughs> sitting there.
2: Throw them throw them in like a yeti or something like that, and keep them keep them cool. I'm
0: going to have so much stuff to schlep the day of, um, <laughs> but we have some cool partners. Um, we have a pastry chef who's kind of who's going to be there with some very fancy, wonderful treats. Um, you can find out about her at Camellia Bakes. C A M E L I A. Um, you, and She's on social media and all that, and she's um, she's bringing her A game for lots of delicious, wonderful things. So we have treats, we have food, we have music, we have awards, we have all the things. And the I'm hundred percent
2: excited. I'm hundred percent excited. Um, There's something for everybody. Here. There really is. If even if you're not, even if you're looking to just dip your toes in and be like, you know what, I really want to get into this. I really want to get into to a local film scene. You know, this is this is the number one way to do it. Honestly, outside, I mean, getting involved is the yeah. first step of all of this. Really,
0: I'd I say show up to one of our events, um, the regular events. The season is going to start February the fifth, which is so exciting. We're already in the twenty nineteen season. Um, Female Filmmakers Night is going to be in March. Oh, yes. we, I've put it in March to line up with International Women's Month. So we're going to start announcing those really soon.
2: Yeah. And even even past, uh, you know, just this this gala event, um, something that I don't know if we've ever talked about is that through the Midwest Independent Film Festival, you can become a member. Exactly of the what I was going to say. Yes. So, so you can
0: come to one event for either 10 or 15 bucks, depending on where you want to see mm-hmm. where you want to sit. If you like to sit up front, close to the to the screen, 10. If you want to sit kind of in the back in one of the big comfy seats, yeah. that's 15. So I recommend that. <laughs> um, but you can do that. Or if you become a member, there's a bunch of different ways to be a member. But if you become a member, then you have the seats all year. Like yeah. That part is comped. Your seats are free. I, I send you a comp code every single month, and you just pick where you want to sit. Um, so there's – you can be an individual member. You can be an individual premium member. That's the fancy seat. You can do a couples membership, which saves you some cash. Couples premium. I added two new ones. Um, there's a student membership now for 35 bucks. So you get tickets all year. Um, and we've defined student as an active student or within five years of graduation mm-hmm. because I get it. I know how yeah. it goes. Oh, it's totally. <laughs> you know. Um, and so that student membership um, that's going to be really helpful too because I want I don't want people to feel like oh I'm just starting out I can't go yet I'm not. Established uh, enough I mean like, right. now
2: no. That is the time That That's you want you to go yeah. That's when you yeah. need to be there That's when you need
0: to go And be making friends And talking to people But then yeah. I've also added A lifetime membership No one is taking me up on I'm that I'm not
2: yet. kidding I'm I'm a little bit Looking into it I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: like okay So <laughs> Maybe hold on. we could be the. F- you say there's no one That has the lifetime membership yet Nobody
0: has the lifetime membership Tom? okay do, do you,
2: you got nine hundred dollars i mean yeah i mean it kind of it pays for itself over the course of a lifetime over the course really? of one lifetime yeah actually I mean, that's... it pays
0: for itself really quickly it pays for itself in like i think we decided if because you get the premium seats for that mm-hmm. so it would it would pay for itself in something like seven years
2: i could live another seven years i could try yeah i was I actually thinking about check Check the watt. Yeah, I don't. I, I could do that. I could do that. I, I could. I could drum up nine hundred dollars. <laughs> but either either way, there's so many options to right. be a consistent part of this. And you know, even if you can't, it's kind of like Bears season tickets. Even it's if you a, can't go, yeah, pass it, it along. Like, it like is season
0: ticket holders. And so we did a thing for. Uh, I saw a lot of people on social media leading up to Christmas, kind of like, oh my god, I need a last minute idea. What can I Amazon Prime? And I was like, hmm. So I. Got my Photoshop skills going, and I made this little gift certificate that looked like a film slate, right? Like yeah. a clapperboard. Nice, nice. Um, and I was like, "Hey, if you're stuck, buy a membership or buy a single set of tickets, and I'll send you like a custom welcome letter and a gift certificate." And I, mean, I got good. the nicest emails from people. They were they made me so happy. I was sitting there on like Christmas Eve, sending people these like sending relatives these PDFs, going like, "I'm so glad you're supporting the filmmaker in your family. <laughs> good for you. Oh my gosh, this is so great." It is and I would great. kind of personalize letter and sent it back to them i mean one of them was a guy who said my dad is retired and now he's entering filmmaking and i want to support him and i "I love that so there were so many great stories it was mostly like parents going i really want to make sure my kid did not screw up by getting a film degree so what can i do this is
2: a hundred percent the way to do it and
0: there were some very romantic ones of like "Hey, my husband loves to go to this I don't, can I just like buy him a membership? Will it be fine? Yeah. (laughs) There was plenty of those. It was fine.
2: Go on me. It's on me. Yeah, just
0: go. Just go. And then some couples were like, this is kind of going to be like date night. Yeah, this
2: is what we do together. Because that
0: way you know the first Tuesday of every month, you got a date night. You got a date night. Done. Done. Just
2: have have your babysitter on call. You know, Just have someone it. Make sure them. they're not a member first. Yes. That's and right. then.
0: We don't offer babysitting. Although, gosh, that's a good idea. We could offer childcare. care Whoa, oh my good God. idea. I know a few Speaking people. of new things, there's yes. one other new thing coming. Um, and that is in February, we are, before each of our screenings, we always have uh, a produ- – we call it the producer panel where we just kind of have something related to the topic of the film we're, we're showing that night. Mm-hmm. And we have about a 45-minute conversation with Q&A. And people can you know, have access to professionals that have already done the thing they're trying to do. I think they're great. They're really fun. Um, we are expanding that. So we're going to have some standalone events that are educational events. Um, the first one coming up is really going to be about kind of career trajectory of how to balance, like making money off doing commercial work and still doing the creative stuff you want that might not be as financially lucrative. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're going to have that in late February. So these are going to be quarterly for this year, these educational events and, uh, you're hearing it first. I saved this announcement just. Yes. for Yes. Oh my
1: God!
2: Uh, finally, Amy, you're you too got good an exclusive. To you're too good to <laughs> us here on NoCo Cinema. Uh, again, this is the best of the Midwest Awards Gala. It's on Thursday, January seventeenth, two thousand and nineteen, seven to eleven p.m. You can get tickets right now for $60. Um, and I have been told, you know, keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for some maybe I mean, promotions. you might want to
0: connect with us on social media yeah. because mm-hmm. there might be some like two-hour flash sales popping up.
2: Who knows? Yeah. Be, be on the lookout. Uh, again, that's at the Promontory Chicago, 5311 South Lake Park Avenue West in beautiful Hyde Park. Amy Guth, Executive Director of the Midwest Independent Film Festival. Thank you so much for coming back.
0: Always a pleasure.
2: All right. We're going to be coming back in just a moment here talking about our 2019 film resolutions and uh, a little bit about some some films that Connor chose out you know chose out of 2018 that he thinks that people might have overlooked a second you know maybe need a little yeah a little bump up and be like just hey a let's way, watch these
1: just a way to contribute to the end of year film
2: conversation without making a top 10 list absolutely all that's coming up next here on Noco Cinema WGM plus back in just a bit You're back listening to NoCo Cinema here on WGM+. Plus. We are your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. Uh, Thomas, uh, Connor Cordelius. Uh, man, it's, it's been a really long time. I know. It's been a crazy holiday season. And uh, 2018, 2018 was an interesting year. That's a that's, mild way to put it. That's a mild way to put it, um, both in general and in the world of film, and in every you know, and everyone's personal lives and everything. So we're gonna try to get get back strong for 2019. Yeah. Um. So we'll be talking a little bit about our 2019 film resolutions in just a moment. But I wanted to bring up uh, an excellent Facebook post, Tom, from uh, the man himself, Connor Cornelius. Um. He decided to not do so much a list of of the best of 2018 or anything like that but rather tell tell me a little bit about what you were trying to do here
1: so i mean we talked about it a little earlier um but you know the end of the year is a time where i feel like a lot of people are expressing they're like feeling reflective they're trying to look back on the year if you're a film critic or involved in cinema in any way you do a top 10 list you mm-hmm. know and so i saw so many of these coming out from so many different people who are all way more knowledgeable in the medium than i am <clears throat> but i still you know i mean we do this show every week and we want to contribute to the conversation in sure. some way sure. so i thought that a way to do that was instead of providing a top 10 list of movies that you know i've personally thought were The best of the year I thought I would just like post five movies that I feel like people didn't really get a chance to see that Uh maybe otherwise wouldn't really be in that conversation and I certainly don't think that necessarily these five movies are the best of the year I would say that one of them is certainly my a couple of them were my favorites of the year Mm -hmm. but um I decided to just talk about movies that I feel like people didn't get a chance to see or were underseen in the grand scheme of things.
2: I gotta I gotta say there's a paragraph here in this post that I think really sums it up really great. Um you say speaking of characters, twenty eighteen was a great year for them and for films in general. There were a whole lot of them that spoke truth to power, but there were some that did more. Films that not only faced evil but drove straight into its decaying heart and fucked it up with a crowbar. I I really like that. I feel like that summed up a lot of the movies that I watched this this year. There was really a lot of not maybe not angry is the word, but uh, movies that pushed and really um, had a lot to uh, had a lot a lot of movies that really had a lot of um, spirit a lot of spirit but a lot of it it did manifest in a lot of ways in a violent energy and i think there's something to be said about that for um this this year that's coming to an end i think it was a year that a lot of people you know 2017 was an interesting year it was it was kind of just a it was the first year of really a new a new world. Yeah. And so a lot of movies I watched in 2017 were some, were spectacular and I love them and I think 2017 was a great year for film. But 2018 just had a different which just had a different vibe to it and yeah. it was much more like let's get dirty like there were a lot of movies that really got down into the muck and really did what you said which was face evil in a lot of interesting different ways sometimes comedic sometimes through horror sometimes through just straight up um just violence so um i'm going to start with ones that i there are two of these that i haven't seen but three of them that i have so there's five movies here i want to start with uh, one that I saw early in the year, and I'm not sure if I really understand it yet, it does have some serious fans, um, Thoroughbreds. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting pick because that's that's a movie that I think falls into a certain category for me of uh, marketed a certain way, but marketed in a way that is not... um true necessarily truthful to what the film is actually like sure it was it was marketed a lot as like oh you like heathers yeah like oh yeah no it's gonna be girls doing bad stuff and i was like okay it's so a lot
1: more brutal than it's that.
2: it's so much more brutal especially emotionally it yes. is emotionally brutal why don't you tell me about why <laughs> you put this on your list
1: so i think that um you know there are a lot of other things on this list where you're fighting, you know, demons. Uh, sometimes very literal, but I think the demons that are in thoroughbreds is it examines the evil that can take play that can take hold in the hearts of people who are connected with one another. You know, like it's a at the heart of this movie is a very toxic relationship between these two women. And I think that the way that they that you see this relationship develop and become more as they become closer with one another, despite their differences, they have this. It's this really interesting combination of kind of codependence where they feel like they're kind of inextricably linked forever. And yet they're just fucking terrible to each other Mm -hmm. the entire time. And that's it just keeps spiraling and spiraling in this really interesting, dramatic way that i personally
2: i couldn't i was fascinated by it the entire time now for those who have not actually seen thoroughbreds it kind of centers around the the basic plot is there are two girls um that go to school with one another one of them is Is what we would consider a sociopath or a psychopath. She doesn't feel any sort of emotion. And the other seems to feel a little bit too much emotion, but bottles it up and tries to hide it. And, like, to give the elevator pitch, these two girls come together to uh, kill the stepfather of the one who feels too much emotion. Because he's like a bastard, he's really mean to her, wants to send her to like military school and shit like that. And the basic premise comes off as a little bit like, oh yeah, this could be a Heathers, this could be that sort of thing. But it goes in a, it's a very dark, it's not even really darkly comic necessarily while there is a certain gallows humor to what's going on heathers has a is a little bit more broadly a dark comedy there's heart in it there's heart yeah there's a there's a smirk there's not a lot of smirking here this is a very harsh movie in a lot of ways yeah you you do not expect what happens that's for sure and i think a lot of people did kind of sleep on it and those who even didn't like me didn't know really I really didn't know what to make of it and i and I guess you know this means that it warrants a second watch where I'm not thinking so much about what I was sold on in terms of the marketing but rather what I got and then make maybe taking the work as as its own entity really quick, do you think that the marketing kind of set
1: up an expectation which led to you maybe not? being able to really make up your mind while
2: you watched it, do you think yeah. that plays into it? A hundred percent. I think that was a hundred percent what happened. Okay. It was, it was what happened to a lot of people with it comes at night. I yeah, think, I think it's, for sure. it's a little bit of, uh, I don't think, I don't know if thoroughbreds, I don't believe it's an A24, but it's what I like to think of as like A24 syndrome, which is A24 has this, thing where they're trying to sell movies that the general public would probably never watch right but they're trying to sell it to them in in a specific way and sometimes you have to be a little bit disingenuous about what you're doing in terms of tone and in terms of what people might see so while that didn't necessarily that didn't happen to me with uh it comes at night i that one suck to me right away but thoroughbreds i think um i was expecting a certain thing um or even something like Assassination Nation. I was expecting a certain thing, and while it mostly delivered on what it was trying to sell me it also was kind of not that in a way and and maybe fell short a little bit of expectations i know we've got some people out there we know that are big fans of assassination nation i'm not saying it's a bad movie but i would probably take thoroughbreds over assassination nation in terms of something that i would want to watch again assassination nation i was like "Ah, i saw it i thought it was interesting i think it's a fascinating movie but it's really not something i need to revisit sure uh two that i will definitely be revisiting very soon i would say are uh mandy and sorry to bother you which are two movies that i think are linked in my mind because of their just bold filmmaking styles both very different movie making styles um and both about two completely different things but the two hooks for me for sorry to bother you and mandy are uh the visual style like the f- the flair that the directors brought to those movies, so sorry to bother you the debut the film debut of boots Riley uh fantastic film which really deserves its own conversation but um you know we might not have time to get into it I, and we've talked about sorry to bother you before. Uh so that's a fantastically visual movie. It's a shockingly amazing debut. You really don't get a lot of those. You know, sometimes uh you have to you might take them a little bit before they really lay into what they're trying to do. I would put this up there with like uh 8th grade and get out as like just debuts that hit, that just hit the, hit the mark right away. Yes. Uh and then Mandy, the second film from Panos Cosmatos. Uh first one I believe is over beyond, the black or beyond the black, yeah, beyond rainbow. The black rainbow. This one uh, turning into a bit of a cult classic already in a like sense, instantly, instant kind of cult hit. Mainly, I would say largely because because of the involvement of star Nick Cage, uh, but also because of the way that it tackles its material. It's a fucking shocking movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, and uh, so why did you why did you want to include these on your list? Because well,
1: uh, Mandy. Sorry to bother you got a wide release. Mandy is currently fighting to get a wide release, which I think is absolutely warranted because it's not its not really like anything else that I've ever seen uh, from a revenge story because typically I feel like the revenge story has to be very sober. You know, your mind is cleared for the vengeance that you're trying to seek out. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage is anything but. I mean, he has a very clear motive in mind, but it's... It's totally eclipsed at times by the visual style of the movie, by the the narcotics that are taking place, and
2: all of the different interactions is, you have with the cults. This is a drugged out movie. It is truly, it's, and it's, but it's not. We're not trying to say this is like, oh yeah, you got to watch it high, blah blah. That's don't stupid. watch it high. Don't watch it high. It'll fuck you up. No, <laughs> yeah. this is a movie that takes the drugs for you. Yeah, it really. It's it's one of those. It's one of those things where it's definitely giving you. Um, it's making you feel like you're on drugs,
1: but I think that it's a wonderful movie because specifically the um, the reason that I love the way that it handles the evil is because Mandy, the titular character, the, she gets kidnapped. Uh, just a spoiler, she gets kidnapped by a like a drugged out Catholic cult, like a Christian yeah. cult.
2: Yeah, it's a little. I mean, it's it's very now. Na- it's. Uh it's like you're charlie manson it's basically kind yes. of analogy for charlie manson but mandy
1: and nicholas cage are so in love with each other which you see in the beginning of the movie they're so in love with each other they're so centered in the relationship and mandy is established very early on as a character that doesn't take shit from men you know yeah. she doesn't respect the need to uh like push masculinity she doesn't respect that sort of toxic masculinity that you see in so many people and she outright laughs at it yeah and then she is seen by the caravan of people and they're driving down a road she is walking and they see her and the guy the leader of the cult, the leader of the like, cult. Oh, i need her i
2: need her yeah and it's a lot to do about uh female ownership and you know, fighting against that and how and and as you said, like kind of a cult of masculinity, because it's always the cult is kind of centered around this male fi- male sexual figure yes. that tries to use his manhood. In the biblical sense, yeah, uh, to control everybody, and Mandy kind of bulks in defiance of that. And it's interesting to see Nick Cage in. Well, he is a masculine guy. Like they, well, but it's it's shared. They have shared interest. I love that you're pointing out how in love they are. They really play up this relationship really well, and they show it really well. It feels like two people actually in love. They both love kind of like weird 70s heavy metal inspired art they don't need
1: anybody besides themselves is the vibe that you get
2: it's very nice and there there's a genuine uh care for one another that kind of comes through the movie a movie that is um almost at times abhorrently violent it is the last third of this movie is just insanely violent uh but in in a really satisfying way it's very expressionist, especially Nick Cage's performance is extremely expressionist and yeah. it just works. Perhaps his most like refreshingly
1: expressionist acting maybe ever. Yeah. Or at the very least since leaving Las Vegas in my opinion. Yeah. What, No Vampire's Kiss? <laughs> I mean that was good, but the- I'm, a I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I think that uh, I think that this is actually a good movie though, is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'll give it to you.
2: A, B, C, G, D, D, E, F, G. G. Come on. Come on.
1: So I, I do want to say two things about Sorry to Bother You and Mandy. One, Mandy, Tom just gave me a beautiful Blu-ray copy of it for Christmas. Oh, so shucks. so we'll be watching. Thank you so much for that, Tom. Uh-huh. And then Sorry to Bother You, I will say it. it's a sci-fi comedy if you know me, that's, I feel I was watching this movie and I was like, I feel like this movie was made for me. It
2: wasn't made for me, but it is, it, I'd say stylistically it's, it's definitely a, uh, in your wheelhouse in terms of like what it hits a lot of beats and it gets you to think about things in a different way. I mean, we're talking about a year where we had films like black Klansman, if Beale street could talk, uh, sorry to bother you, which are all three very different takes on the black experience in America in different kind of, context and periods um which are all commenting on today sorry to bother you is the most outright ballsy i would say it's a ballsy take from a guy who is known for being like straight up i don't give a fuck i'm gonna say exactly what i want to say and really that that's why i'm really glad that boots riley is in cinema because cinema is a really great place to do that yeah music i mean he's a musician he's a very talented musician yeah he does all all the music. music for the movie in the coup yeah and, um so not to i it's a different art form. it's different mediums, different expectations, different kind of tropes, and all that kind of stuff, but i just he just he just strikes me as just the most fucking crazy guy, yeah. in the best possible way there's I'm like, no I want reservations
1: this guy. there's uh, no reservations in that movie, which i I respect maybe the most out of it. there's no like you know he actually you know he gave spike Lee shit for his uh for Black Klansman because of uh the cooperation with the police.
2: Yeah, and th- and that's the thing is that we've got. I mean, it's three. The three movies I mentioned are three different perspectives on on the black experience. And thank God they exist because realistically, you know, that's one of the things is that we can't keep boiling down the black experience to a specific thing. And I and the best part about Boots's criticism is that it wasn't accusatory. No, it was just, hey, I'm just letting you know this is how I feel. And this is where I have a problem with what's going on. I don't hate the movie. I think it's a good movie, but like, this is just where I'm at with it. And it's better to have that dialogue than to not have it. I I, I really want to watch these guys and see where they go. Cause Spike Lee, you know, <clears throat> it's worth mentioning that Spike Lee has been in the game for a very long time. Yeah. Now. For a very long time. He's an, he's in a very established director. He's an established name. Uh, Boots is just starting out. So, you know what can be what can this meeting of the minds mean? What can their perspectives tell us about kind of two different quote unquote generations of of the black experience here so um it'll be interesting it, to it, see where he goes from here yeah, very excited now, two movies that I did not get the chance to see, one of them I'm definitely really want to watch very 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 soon uh is you were never really here from a fantastic filmmaker Lynn Ramsey, Scottish um she is she's really had a very interesting special career you may know her from uh we need to talk about kevin yep that was her and now she's got this new one uh starting walking phoenix pretty short too only about an hour and a half yeah it's yeah i th- think it might even be like a couple minutes under that um
1: it's you were never really here is uh, it's like taken if the if Liam Neeson had genuine PTSD, I think is a interesting, interesting way to put yeah. it. Because they're constantly struggling with feelings of self worth, struggling with feelings of Joaquin Phoenix is constantly struggling with his mental health problems. Uh-huh. And he is known uh his reputation is a he's a hitman and he's known for killing people in outright brutal ways. And he is hired to uh kill some people and finds out that they were uh, sex traffickers. And there is a girl that was um, uh, kidnapped, a, a small child that he uh, meets in the film. And he. it's sort of about his murderous rampage to protect her innocence because you find out very, you know, over and over again that his innocence was taken from him at a very young age in a lot mm-hmm. of different ways. And it's something that he is very he's really struggling with to see if he can reclaim it or if it's lost forever so as much as it is a tale about a man trying to protect somebody else's innocence it's about somebody exploring if
2: that very thing has been lost to themselves wow that's very exciting i'm very excited to watch it um it's interesting it has a really is i love to go and read like amazon reviews yeah on, like the dvd and so many people are like this this movie's bullshit
1: yeah i understand that too frankly like and that's what i mean like mm-hmm. this is not a top five list of like these most of these movies would probably not be on my top five aside from sorry to bother you but
2: but they're definitely worth watching they're definitely worth watching you should watch it at least once yeah and then let's move on to border now i fi- i I, ju- I feel like i just saw a trailer for this yeah and this is the one where it's the folks that kind of have the physical differences. They, yes. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the context is. So I, I, I apologize if this is rude, but like they, they look like cavemen. Yeah, they
1: look very. Um, they're said, they're told throughout the movie that the the main character is told throughout the movie that she had a larger percentage of. Um, neanderthal dna that's okay yeah that makes in sense. it in them uh which is fine you find out is not true uh and it's i i really want to talk about what this
2: movie is really about but, but even can't in the trailer there's like a, you can tell there's something going on yes. there's kind of a big twist and it's a movie about
1: more than anything else it's a movie about identity mm-hmm. and it's a movie about people who try to suppress other people's differences because they don't understand them and that is I think that in this, you know, world where you see people on the right protesting that there are no trans people in Congress, you know, Muslim people in Congress, this this fear that can turn into hatred of the things that they don't understand, that's what this movie is about is not it's it's about accepting people for for who they are and not ostracizing them because they're different.
2: Yeah, just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not valid.
1: And the the other thing that I want to say is the the filmmaker you probably know them. Their fantastic take on the vampire genre yeah, let with the right, let the right one, one in. Yeah. Uh, so this movie is a beautifully shot. If you've seen that movie, you know the cinematography is going to be top tier. Yeah, and it's it's shot in this beautiful forest in sweden and i mean it's all in it's all in swedish i believe Mm uh and it's just a beautiful language for the subject material that they end up the the subject that they end up broaching and i
2: i I highly recommend that movie it's great all right so uh there they are border you were never really here, Mandy, Thoroughbreds, and Sorry to bother you. Five movies that Connor thinks that you should give it, give it a, give him a shot. And I will say that I know for a fact three of these you can watch via streaming services. Uh, you were never really here. That's an Amazon. Yep. That's that's a Prime original, quote unquote. Um. So that was financed by Amazon. They've got it. Uh, Mandy is on Shudder, Yep. Exclusively on Shudder, That's how I watched it. Um. And then Sorry to bother you is on Hulu right now. Um, and I believe that might be under agreement with neon, but I'm not entirely sure, but it is on Hulu right now. So at least three of the five you can watch right now and, and really get into, um, let's move into some film resolutions for yeah. 2019. When it, when it gets to the beginning of the year, you know, uh, you kind of look back at what you've, what you've done. You know, this is, this is, I guess you could call it a hobby being a cinephile as a, is a hobby of sorts. But you still look at it as a way of like, how can I improve at my hobby? How can I be a better film watcher? Right. What, what can I do more of? Um, I've got two just off the top of my head, but I'll let you go first, Connor. Okay. there's a couple film resolutions that you want to bring into 2019.
1: So what I want to really do is I, I feel as though I need to be supporting. <clears throat> I need to get away from supporting like the tentpole films. That people are, con- I mean, I want to see them because they're exciting right. and everything. But there's so many that you can always see, and I, I just get the feeling that there is a sed- sedative quality to those kinds of movies because it's something that you can shut your brain off to. You know what's going to happen, and as a person who is constantly involved in art, in a <clears throat> Kind of a, in a personal way, I you know playing music and everything. I'm always looking for things that challenge my perspective, and yet I find when I sit down to watch a movie, I'm more likely to watch a Ant Man over a Roma. You know what I mean, right? So I really want to try this year. I want to number one get involved in more independent movies and movies that are not things that I've necessarily seen before. I I want to kind of try to shed that that. yeah i want to shed that stigma that like feeling uncomfortable or feeling watching things that make you feel a certain way that could somewhat be construed as negative i want to i want to avoid that and embrace all of the spectrum of emotions that cinema can make you feel as opposed to like in addition to just i don't know like what impotent excitement
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one way to put it um no i have one that kind of lines up with that i think that's a great i think that's a great great um resolution for me so uh as many of as many people who are close to me know i have amassed a certain as, as many cinephiles do um, <laughs> i've amassed a certain large collection of mm. films that i can watch at home um it's kind of like, it's a subset of the hobby, a little bit of the collector's mentality. I've always been a bit of, a bit of a pack rat when it comes to that. I love collect, you know, having all these things available to me at home, sort of creature comfort thing. Um, you know, I, you know, I tried to get myself a great, TV for watching movies, you know, a little, a little sound bar, everything like that. I feel yeah. like I've, you know, make my movie watching experience pretty cozy. Yeah. You, I mean, you came over to watch Roma? Yeah, we just watched yeah, Roma. I was going to say you've really uh, it sucks. It's shitty. Fuck you.
1: <laughs> it sucks <laughs> it's shitty. Over
2: here <laughs> Fuck you. Uh
1: no, you've really stepped up your game recently, and that's something that I've always uh respected about you is you contribute to you support cinema. You you put your money
2: where your mouth is. I try to well, in, but in the in the realm of home media, absolutely yes. Uh, and you know, I I do like the idea of having people come on by. It's a nice it's a nice experience to have people come by. You open a maybe open a nice Crystal Lake Brewing yeah beer, maybe a rye barrel aged Imperial Stout yeah, and you hang out and you watch a movie together in the comfort of one's own home. Um, but the thing is, is that uh, that is not necessarily how ha- that is not how film is supposed to necessarily be experienced now there is something to be said about you know i have a lot of th- uh, films from the criterion collection and that's like my way of getting to see movies that are n- that i'm not able to see in theaters and a lot of times if you want to revisit something or if you miss something in theaters that's how i mean you have to watch it on home media if you can't catch it in the theater your your chances of going back getting to see it again are pretty much none right um But I think my big film resolution of 2019 is to go to the movies. As someone who watches a lot of movies and really enjoys cinema, and it's not to say that it's not like I lied about the movies that I saw this past year. It just struck me that I really didn't get a chance to see a lot of them in in the theater. I usually saw them a little bit later on um, on home media when somewhere where I might be more distracted and i will say one 2018 experience that i that i had that really in, was the impetus for this was going to see the favorite in theaters i can't tell you how much fun i had just giving my attention to this movie for 2 hours and just enjoy or two and a half hour i can't remember how long that movie is because i was so invested it was over in the blink of an eye yeah and um i was like wow i can't believe that i'm not doing this more that i'm not making more of an effort to get off my ass instead of just revisiting things at home get off my ass and go to a movie theater and sit down and watch it now obviously finances are a factor right and you know i'm not going to go crazy i'm not just going to drop i'm just all right i'm just going to drop like hundreds of dollars a week <laughs> a week, just to go see as many movies i can in the theater but making more of a concerted effort to try and do that i think is really something important because that's the experience that's what we all love that shared experience of sitting in a theater and watching something on the big screen as it's supposed to be seen you know uh speaking of watching roma we we had to take we took the uh the easy route in a sense we we went to my house and we watched it on netflix as it's available on netflix and in a certain sense, I kind of regret not being, you know, trying to make more of an effort to go to uh, a screening of it. Since we are in Chicago where they are doing screenings, we're not in Podunk, you know, Idaho. Apologies to Idaho. Uh, but they're not showing that in Idaho. You can't go see Roman in the theater in Idaho. So the Netflix thing is a revolution for them. For us, we have those options. And making a more concerted effort to support that I think is good. Um, anything else? I was just going to ask a
1: Tom, you want to go to the movie sometime?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to the movie sometime. Dude, that would be nice, I think. It would be nice. I think that we we would have some fun. I think we would absolutely have some fun. So let's but, you know we, we could also come over and we could watch Predator again. That's true. I mean, we have only done that 3 times. <laughs> fucking Jesus. I, seriously I think my most watched movie of 2018 was Predator.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I feel like every other time I would text you just to see what was up, you'd be like, like "Oh, I'm watching Predator." <laughs> I watch fucking Predator because <laughs> you're just you're just bringing other people over to watch you're Predator. You're just varying people in and out. It's like a rotating door where listen, you're just you've just got Predator on repeat. Listen.
2: Connor, I I'm ain't listening. got I ain't got time to bleed. Got time to die. I just uh, I love that uh, the the missing part of that line. This is a total sidebar, <laughs> but like everybody quotes that I ain't got time to bleed. Like, do you know what the response is from the other commando? No. So Jesse Ventura says he's just like I ain't got time to bleed, and the other guy's just like uh okay, <laughs> like that's literally it. Is he's just like uh all right, that's awesome this is fucking ridiculous i
1: love that movie for i'm not for its batshit insanity and the comedy
2: that i feel like was pretty unintentional i think in some level it was a little bit intentional john mctiernan knew what he was doing what when they included lines when he throws the knife through the guy he's like stick around well that's obviously yeah there's some intent i mean they brought on shane black originally to beef up the comedy of the script uh predator thing aside i want to cap it off with something an interesting little story yeah and i
1: think that this lines up nicely with a a resolution that i feel like we probably both have
2: yeah um pta paul thomas anderson paul phantom thread anderson paul boogie nights anderson (laughs) paul pt anderson paul thomas paul thomas Anderson.
1: (laughs) paul phantom thread thomas anderson i like that because
2: it's pt you know shut up hey I love dogs. Oh, God. (laughs) Because it's PT, Phantom Threat. Fuck. All right. Uh, So uh, there's been a story floating around uh, since yesterday on January 4th. We're recording this on the 5th. Uh, John Krasinski was at at a party. He was just hanging out, rubbing elbows. Self-aggrandizing
1: shill that he is watching his own film.
2: (laughs) As as I I can imagine, like... uh, you know filmmakers do who who plays dwight in the office uh rain wilson rain wilson there's rain wilson looking at me he's like i never forgave you you bitch (laughs) no i'm sure they're best buds but i'm uh, sure they're best friends but they're just uh they're just at a party john as as krasinski told the new york times uh john krasinski's at a party and they were talking about him he was talking about a movie with uh paul thomas anderson something he had recently watched and he said to anderson he's like it's not a good movie. Whatever movie they were talking about, it's not said what movie it was. He's just like, yeah, it's not a good movie. And then um, for Paul Thomas Anderson, is he like pulls him aside. He's like, is, and I'll read the quote here. So this is from John Krasinski. He so sweetly took me aside and said very quietly, don't say that. Don't say that. It's not a good movie. If it wasn't for you, that's fine. But in our business, we've all got to support each other. The movie was very artsy, and he said, you've got to support The Big Swing. If you put it out there that the movie's not good, they won't make us make more. They won't let us make more movies like that. And I think that's an interesting sentiment. And also, I like to imagine that uh, Krasinski is sweetening the story a little bit. Can you imagine if Paul Thomas Anderson grabs John Krasinski? Yeah, listen here, you little shit. Like lifts him Don't up with fucking one say arm. That. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Paul Thomas Anderson. God damn it! I My it opinion matters myself. more than you. I mean Magnolia.
1: Um, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> But he, Man, if only Paul Thomas Anderson would lift me up with one arm against the wall. Oh, dude, and tell me to stop being an asshole. Yeah. Uh, but I'd love that sentiment. I really do.
2: I think it's an interesting sentiment um because well it, it's I think it's more of a recommendation for filmmakers. Sure. As the viewing public, and as if you're going to critique, he's. I don't think Paul Thomas Anderson is saying that these things are impervious to critique because this is just how things have to be. You can't just let a movie. If you think a movie is bad, like you can say so, sure, and like you don't get have to let things slide because, like, well, someone worked really hard on it. I don't think that's really what he's saying, um, but I think filmmakers, yeah, have a responsibility to just kind of like not necessarily be uppity about movies because just because you don't enjoy something doesn't make it a bad movie but at the same on the same token like you know you can have that opinion i don't know i I don't want this to be like yeah like everything just needs to everything's good it just might not be for you i think there's bad movies out there there are absolutely like problematic
1: films you know you can't go ahead and say that birth of a nation is like a good movie you know what i mean like there's genuinely
2: but like but but you know on a certain level it's like why are we still talk about the movie because it's like the birth it's one of the most influential movies in terms of it helped birth like the concept of the modern narrative film you know what i mean right yeah okay that's true so I don't, I don't know it's always tough because it's like you don't want to call movies bad because yes someone might that was someone's heart someone well maybe not some people just fucking phone it in but someone probably put a lot of effort into that um but then he gets you know a lot of people work on it. it takes thousands of hours of of work and um hundreds of thousands of hours of work and so much uh person power to like really work on something like that but then you know you go and you watch the mule yeah. which is like basically the film version of i don't know clint iso talking to that <laughs> stool talking to a wall. And pretending it was barack obama <laughs> did you remember that? No. He oh, did that? Oh, yeah. At the RNC back in like the mid-2000s, God. Clint Eastwood went on a stage and talked to like a chair and pretended that Barack Obama was sitting he's like, Mr. President, did you even watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly? Man, <laughs> like, he
1: really, man, that guy really has some balls, doesn't
2: he? <laughs> is Clint, well, he is Clint fucking Eastwood. Yeah. He did a movie, he did a movie with, he did two movies with orangutans. That's true. That is very and true. And they are godless
1: killing machines, let's be honest. <laughs>
2: Everybody um, knows orangutans are pro gun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, let's. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, I think that it's a matter of precision. If you say a movie is bad, I think that there is a way to put it, which you can get the same point across without sounding. without. Being put, you're putting yourself in a position where Paul Thomas Anderson comes up to you and says, hey, like, don't be a fucking idiot.
2: Yeah, don't be a dick. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's not like John Krasinski was saying, like, anything out of the ordinary. He's like, oh, it's not a good movie. No, I understand that. And he's just, I don't know. I guess it's just take it as a sense of perspective, I suppose. Yeah, precision is a good way to put it, and, like, perspective. Be like, when you watch a movie, determining its worth is not, you know, if something kind of is beyond you, like, it doesn't make sense to you, it doesn't <laughs> shit hey tom it doesn't make it a doesn't make it a bad movie it just might it might mean that's not for you but that doesn't mean that there aren't bad movies out there
1: it reminds me of something that spence warren who's been on the show a few yes. times uh said to me on facebook uh because i think that i had said that a movie was bad, garbage or yeah. bad or shitty or something and he came out and said you know what i think it's our As somebody who is involved in like talking about cinema, you have to be a little bit more thoughtful with your, uh, with your opinion. And I think that that is really, I think that that is really the way to go about things because if you, if you react to something and you, if you watch a movie like The Mule and you're like, wow, that was absolute shit, uh, you, then you just hold your tongue for a second, think about the things that, rubbed you the wrong way ask yourself why it rubbed you the wrong way and formulate an opinion as opposed to just reacting entirely emotionally because i think that there is a closed oftenness that can come from that and it's not productive to yeah, a conversation i agree and it's not you're misrepresenting yourself i think no matter what even if you say if you say it's a bad thing a bad movie it's 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 black and white mhm and you're ignoring all of the gray yeah, which is really where every, where everything ultimately falls
2: yeah you know what i think that's a good place to put it i think that's a good place to close the book on it um yeah, so t- try to be more nuanced with your opinions. Try to yeah. think try to think more about what you're watching and why it rubs you the wrong way. If you still don't like it at the end of the day, then you still don't like it. That's fine. Um th- but that is there is there a concept of objectively bad? I don't know. Uh thank you so much everybody for supporting us over the last um, two years. Two, almost two years. Yeah. Almost two years of doing the show. Um, we really appreciate it. Uh, I know things have been a little bit all over the place at the end of 2018, but we had so many fun conversations in 2018 and so many great conversations, so many awesome opportunities um, as well. Um, and there's going to be so much more coming up. Uh, keep your finger on the pulse. There's going to be some stuff involving rendezvous in Chicago. Yep. Um, over at the Gene Siskel. So we'll give you more details about that. Um, and just so much great stuff coming up. So much great stuff coming up. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking to uh, an actress, Hannah Copen. Yep. Um, about her new project and as well as uh, the director of that project. So that's what's coming up next week. But until then, uh, keep watching great movies, go out and support independent cinema. And hopefully we'll see you at the best of the Midwest awards uh, happening on January 17th. That's a Thursday. I know we we're looking to get dappered up. We're going yeah. to go have a little bit of fun, you know, maybe talk some cinema with us. Uh, you can find us over there, but until then uh, I have been Tom Hush and I have been Connor Cornelius and you've been listening to no co cinema here on WGM plus your guide to cinema here in the city of Chicago. We'll see you all next week.